Howdy everyone, this is Dan, and we're on episode 6 of Context. And as you may have guessed from the title, we're diving back to our design process series, where I explain what I typically do for any design work, or if I'm working with clients or friends that are trying to solve some type of issue uh, with design, I'll typically follow uh, these series of steps in research. And it's uh, actually going to be one of the last episodes as we wrap things up. But uh, I'll, I'll definitely let the episode speak for itself uh, when we get to it. On the other hand, let's talk about our week, right? Last time I mentioned that my days were all melting to each other and Monday was starting to feel like Saturday, and Sunday was a Tuesday, and it was all garbled up for me. But I think I solved that issue, finally, by having a little project mini board uh, for me. It's a basic Kanban board where you have um, a list of things to do, a list of things to schedule, then I have a list of things that Um, basically waiting for some type of response, whether it be from a client or maybe I'm waiting for a call from the bank. Um, Just things to dump there to notify that it's not on me to continue the task. And I think that helped me a lot because in many cases, I put... Uh, I put unnecessary pressure on myself thinking that I have to do everything to progress. But there there are things where you just have to wait or you just have to let time pass and they will progress on their own. And so now I'm solved that and now I don't have all the weight on my shoulders. Uh, I could definitely, it seems like now I'm not actually that busy now that uh, I'm actually ahead of something. So I definitely recommend trying that out if you're um, in the same situation. What else is new around here? Well, hopefully you're hearing it because I'm first time recording this on an actual program rather than just using a, a web app. I'm using Adobe's Audition and recording directly straight into it. Uh, This will make sure I don't uh, have those awkward uh, 30-minute timer limit. And hopefully uh, my voice comes out clearer. And, you know, I I decided that since I'm getting more comfy with talking and explaining and saying things about my profession and talking about personal things so I figured why not just boost the quality up a bit and do some post-processing so hopefully things sound a bit smoother and clear don't worry the the conversations are still candid and real you'll still hear my ums and awkward silent brain farts that I have 
because I can't figure out the words to say. But um, let me know if it sounds better. Uh, give me some type of reaction. If it doesn't, uh, let me know as well so that I can switch back to the original uh, so that we can all be on the same page. So other than that, um, there's not much to actually catch up on. Uh, I'm actually recording this on a relative good timing. I think it's only been a week, maybe less than a week. It's right now it's a Wednesday. Um, it's approaching Thursday. I don't know why I always uh, plan to record these at midnight. It just seems to be the current vibe, current, current trend for me. So, so, um, let's see, as always, um, I hope everyone's keeping it safe and doing it. Okay. I hope everyone's, uh, mental health is going all right and keeping it sane. I'll definitely keep it safe out there when you go out, if you do go out. And if you have ex extra time and extra downtime, you know, take the time to reach out to your friends, family, and coworkers, and so forth. I'm sure they're also thinking about you as well. And so on, to end on that note, let's start the show. We finally made it. It's almost time to wrap up the design process. And I know what you're saying. Uh, we haven't really even designed anything. So let, let's recap a bit, uh, just so, just in case people happen to stumble upon this series in specific. Uh, basically, the first couple episodes, we just kind of addressed the problem of why some of our designs are lacking uh, that extra support or that extra oomph that makes it a great design. And I feel like it's because the design hasn't, uh, didn't have a great foundation to start off with. Didn't have a great, uh, didn't have a great mold uh, to sculpt from. And so we solved this by doing actual research in the form of brainstorming the different attributes and values and beliefs that we think the design should should have. And we further uh, sketched that out by doing mood boards. Um, you could do things such as stylescapes to kind of pick and choose from other similar brands or designs out there that kind of speak to you as well. So that's a good way to formulate an idea and concept for the next step. Um, after that, we expanded that range of aesthetics by adding typography and color. Um, my last episode, I only talked about typography and color, but you're not limited to just those. You can play with shapes and elements. So maybe your brand wants a lot of polka dots or maybe different types of patterns. Maybe you want some squares or a lot of uses of circles to signify some something with it. 
you can definitely go that. Uh, you can definitely add that to your repertoire of uh, elements to use for the actual design phase. Um, so now we're at the actual design part. I'm going to be talking about three things in this episode. One of them is talking about grid systems and laying kind of like a framework for your design. The second concept is iterative designs. And then the third one is finally asking like for feedback or getting some answers about what you designed and whether it's, sorry about that, um, getting answers about the designs and whether you hit the mark or not, right? And that, that's more important for if you're doing client work or maybe you're trying to appeal to a certain uh, customer base. So let's talk about grid systems and framing just a little, little bit. And most of you designers or people may be thinking, well, grid systems and columns and rows, that seems more only applicable to like websites or mobile apps. Well, yes, they are. I will not deny that, but you can also use this for other things. Logos, uh, you know, if you're designing a store layout or some type of interior design, you're gonna have to work within some type of framing in mind. I believe photographers are the best or one of the best at understanding this concept because any picture they take, they have to take into consideration of what's in uh of what's showing in their little rectangular box or it could be square uh you know how they line up the subject matter or the focal point is very important as well as where the background lines up and whether the horizon line is straight or maybe you want to off-center it for some type of dramatic effect and so all of that we could apply to here. So before I got into the actual design, um, I wanted to understand more of what I was designing. So back then, uh, I didn't know a lot about grids. I didn't know a lot about why people use grids or how to use them. And most, of this, most specifically, when to use what, right? There's so many different types of grid systems or so many ways to lay things out. And why would one designer use one system over the other? So I read a few books. Uh, one specifically is grid, uh, grid Systems and Design by uh, Mueller-Brockman and a couple books by Kimberly Elam. And they did a great job at giving me the gist of how grids came to be, why they were used, and basically the different uh, different ways you can structure and organize them. I, didn't, I, I still didn't find the answer to when and how to use one. So I figured through a lot of soul searching and reading articles and just kind of comparing the masters or comparing 
how people are using theirs, I figured that what to use is pretty much an arbitrary thing. And you can guesstimate what you want to use by based on the function you want it to do. So let's say if you want it to be more creative or flexible, you would have more lines in your grids because that would allow certain boxes to be certain sizes. So for the purpose of my design, since I'm designing a portfolio and website, I decided to go with a 24-column grid, and this would have no gutters. For those that don't know, a gutter is basically the spacing between one column and another. So what I chose was a special grid that had none of those, meaning that I would have to use uh, a column for spacing, or maybe I don't use uh, spacing at all. And the reason why I chose 24, it was because it was a big enough number to be digested into a bunch of chunks. So I could split it into one column, two, three, four, any, you know, any number that's divisible into 24. And, um, for my website, I decided to just to stick to one to four columns just to limit ourselves. And just because we're limiting, limiting ourselves doesn't mean that we're restricting creativity because creativity comes from how you use those options. You know, you can, as to use an analogy here, like, there's a bunch of houses that are either rectangular or square in structure, but how they organize what that uh, house looks inside is way different between different uh, different builders, and then people utilize the rooms differently. I've seen people use dining rooms as living rooms and living rooms as huge party rooms, so it really depends on how you want to set your stuff up. Um, in my blog, I, I have a couple resources there that you can use uh, to download uh, the 24-column grids, and there's also a 12-column, and then there's a 36. Uh, those I recommend for most uh, things. If you're trying to do like a logo design or... Something else, uh, you could look up golden ratio grids, golden circles, and those will help align things to look more natural and perfect since the world is built upon, apparently, this uh, golden ratio of thing, uh, golden ratio of some math stuff, I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, let's continue on, right? So we got our framework, we got our grid systems, you know, I'm right now in my head I'm just thinking, you know, where where to place boxes here and there. And this is where the next step comes really valuable. And that's uh, iterative iterative design. And basically we will create as many concepts as we can to come out with the best results. 
So this is really good in helping to eliminate the so-called dumb options. So what I like to do when I do iterative designs is quickly sketch out different uh, layout options or different concepts here and there. And you know some of them are concepts that I've already seen people do. Some of them are utilizing already existing patterns or principles, which is okay because uh, there's a, almost like a secret magical thing that's happened when you put something on actual paper or when you design uh, something out because in a designer's mind, we have visualiz visualizations of what something could be or what something should be. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I see something uh, in my head, it'll always be there until, it's, until I see it somewhere else. And so what I would do is if I see something in my head, I'll try to draw it out or uh, sketch it or, you know, do a little wireframe or prototype of it just so that I just so that idea is on paper. And then magically, it's not in my head anymore. And so it kind of pushes it out out of my thinking space to allow room for other ideas. For instance, let's say you're doing a logo and maybe you have a bunch of ideas of incorporating a circle or a circular type of logo. And so your mind is blocked on doing that. You would never think about using rectangles or different shapes for the logo because you're, you're stuck on doing the circle. Uh, you're stuck thinking about the circles. So my suggestion there is to draw out all the iterations you can of the circle logo until you can't do it anymore and then force yourself to do the rectangle ones and see what options you get there and this has a lot of good pros and cons to it cons is obviously you're spending more time designing um depending if you're getting paid hourly or if you're trying to push something out for a deadline, you, this may not be something to spend a lot of time on, but I think the more you do it, the more you do iterative designs, the faster you'll get at it. So better practice it now, and you'll immensely see your designs get better over time. A really good pro of this is that Sometimes you could remix your, you know, dumb ideas into the more polished ideas because sometimes those uh, those ideas that we call dumb or maybe they're too plain, you could actually take a part of it or some part of it and uh, flip it creatively into something that's uh, to some 
into a later iterations, and now you have uh, a hybrid between the two. You know, sometimes you can find balance between a design that seems too conservative and then a design that seems too flashy. And that's what you'll see from my examples. I settled on three designs. One was a bit outside of the realm of what I typically uh, enjoy in design. Uh, another one is very conservative, like, like the pattern is used throughout uh, websites and you'll definitely see some similarities here and there. And then the third option was more of a mix between the two. So as you can see, uh, the more options you make, the easier it is for you to eliminate it in a weird way. You know, it's similar to taste testing cakes for a wedding. You have all these different flavors and you kind of already know that a certain flavor is not going to be your favorite, but you taste it anyways just to make sure. In the end, I was able to choose at least two designs that I was more or less happy with. Uh, going with one or the other wasn't going to be a big game changer for me, but I did want to put it through one more test that I usually do, and that's just simply gathering feedback. And you could do this in more than many ways than I can think of. The what I did uh, for mine was I just posted my two, two layouts on Instagram and used their little Instagram story thing where you could pretty much poll for choices. I was being dumb and cheeky at the same time and had choices of yes and yes. And quite surprisingly, people actually did react to it. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure if they knew what I was trying to do, but more people chose the left yes than the right yes, meaning that more people chose the first option than the second one. Because I had the options the same, I wasn't able to tell which, uh, which options did uh, the people choose specifically, but uh, I think it's kind of a good way to anon anonymize the the decision, right? I don't want to be too picky and be like, oh, why did this person choose that? I just want to know generally if people like the first one or second one more. So turns out people like the first one more, and you know that's the design I'm going to go with. For you guys to practice this, you know, just ask around. Ask your friends. They, they don't have to necessarily be designers. And, you know, they will hopefully give you their honest feedback. Uh, I wouldn't try to phrase it in a way like, hey, what do you think uh, I could do to make this better? Uh, phrase it in a way of like, what do you think about this? What does it speak to you so that they can tell you uh, 
tell you things about it more towards the emotions and feelings of it. And, you know, the magic word is if they start saying things that are part of your brainstorm and stylescape that you've created, then you know you kind of hit the, hit the mark, right? So let's, for instance, your stylescape had a lot of maybe Nike and Apple, and, you know, you like that whole minimalism yet boldness of Nike. And, you know, if your peers and friends like, you know, this logo gives me a really good Nike vibe or, you know, looks like Nike or pretty similar to Apple, then, you know, you did a good job and you, you know you're at some place and you can definitely tweak it around so that maybe it doesn't look too similar to Apple or Nike. Hopefully it isn't, but it, it would still cater towards that type of feeling. Oof, that's a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm choosing my first one, and unfortunately, this is a mock-up. And that's uh, definitely something that not a lot of people and designers uh, realize, is that mock-ups is like a designer's version of a Snapchat filter. Shows all the best qualities and does a good job at hiding all the flaws that it could have. So once I get this implemented, uh, I'll definitely see the flaws it, it will have. And then we'll tweak it from there. Um, to uh, apply that to other types of design, if you're doing logos or banners, is to actually create it or when you put it onto use, so when you put the logo onto your website or maybe you're printing it out on a business card, you'll finally see whether it's good or not. And if it's not, maybe there's maybe the text is too small to read or maybe certain things are too big, then you can know that you can make some tweaks to make it perfect. But there you go. Uh, those are my last three steps, I guess you can say, of the process. Sometimes I go from feedback, take, taking the feedback, and I will loop it back to iterative design and do more just to get a better feel of what people are looking for. Sometimes you don't have to need feedback. If you're just creating something for the sake of creating, like, who cares what people say? <laughs> it's all about you. But there you go. Uh, as I said, this is probably the second to the last episode. I'm going to do the same process for the other pages of my website. I still have the portfolio. still have the about pages. You know, I might have a page to show all of my podcast recordings in one spot for people that just wants to binge listen or looking for a specific episode. I have to do case studies of my previous work. Um, but all of that will, take, uh, all of that will uh, go under the same process. So I'm not going to have episodes for each of those things. But I will have maybe 
a future episode to update you guys on on how that all went. But I think that's it. Uh, that's all I have to say. I appreciate everyone that's reading and listening to my blogs. You guys are doing this in your own um, on your own projects and or clients and need more assistance or guidance of the different steps. Definitely let me know. Or if you just want to show what you came up with, you know, feel free to DM that me DM that to me, and you know I'm I'll be glad to see what you come up with. And so I'll just catch you guys later at another time. Uh, make sure to follow me on Instagram, and Twitter, and definitely subscribe to the newsletter since I'll try to get that out, start getting that out uh, pretty soon. Catch you guys later.